0: This week, our scripture passage comes from the 25th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, verses 1 through 13. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten young bridesmaids who took their lamps and went out to meet the groom. Now five of them were wise and took the other five were foolish. The foolish ones took their lamps but didn't bring oil for them. But the wise ones took their lamps and also brought containers of oil. When the groom was late in coming, they all became drowsy and went to sleep. But at midnight, there was a cry, Look, the groom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. But the foolish bridesmaids said to the wise ones, Give us some of your oil, because our lamps have gone out. But the wise bridesmaids replied, No, because if we share with you, there won't be enough for our lamps and yours. We have a better idea. You go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the groom came. Those who were ready went with him into the wedding, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth. I don't know you. Therefore, keep alert because you don't know the day or the hour. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is one of the interesting passages that Jesus involves in his teaching of people. It often gets called an eschatological discourse. That's one of those 50 cent seminary words um, that we throw out sometimes to prove, I guess, that we went to school. But eschatology is the study of end times, of the end things. So Jesus is telling a parable comparing the kingdom of God to a story, and trying to teach a lesson. It's important for us to remember that parables are not allegories. You may be familiar with Pilgrim's Progress. That's an allegory. Every character and everything in the story stands for something else. However, in a parable, there's a story, but there's only one lesson. It's more like Aesop's Fables, where there's one moral to the story, And if we try to assign everything in the story a meaning we will miss, we can twist things and create characters and say things about God that are not accurate and true. So we have to ask ourselves, what is the one thing that Jesus is trying to communicate in this passage? And we get our clue from the very end, very much like reading a fable where you get the moral at the end. At the end of the story, Jesus reinforces the point he's trying to make. And he says, keep alert because you don't know the day or the hour. Let's talk a little bit about what weddings were like in Jesus' time so that we can understand the context of the story that he is telling. In that day and time, families would negotiate a wedding between their son and their daughter. Um, Two families would negotiate that price, and then things would begin to be prepared. And when the time got near for the wedding to happen, they would begin to prepare a feast. They would invite neighbors, and wedding feasts lasted at least seven days. Um, The more elaborate, the more wealthy or well-connected the family, the longer the feast might be. But it was a grand party where you hosted everybody. And the bride would get ready and she would wait for her groom and her groom would come and get her and they would go together, usually to the groom's house where the wedding would be and the feast and the party would happen. Now the bridesmaids could be waiting with the bride at the bride's house for the groom to come and get her. And there would be a grand parade, think Christmas parade, as they traveled from her house to his house. There's also the possibility that the bridesmaids are waiting at the groom's house and that when he has collected the bride and comes, then they will get up and go out to meet them. And then the procession, the parade would happen as they arrive. Regardless of where the bridesmaids are waiting, they are waiting. And we have the fact that there are 10 of them. Five of them are wise. Five of them are foolish. Some have come with extra oil for their lamps. Now, we need to know that in that day and time, it was common for the groom to get delayed. He wouldn't be there just as quickly um, as expected. And there were many reasons he could be delayed. One of the most common was that there was a renegotiation of the bride price or the dowry that was going on. There was some squabbling between the families to arrange the final details and work everything out so that the marriage would happen. So this was common. It is not an unknown possibility. It is something that wise bridesmaids would prepare beforehand for, and that the foolish bridesmaids should have known was a really good possibility that could happen. I have many stories that I can share from my own wedding. Um, I often make the joke and say that if my husband and I survived the wedding, the marriage was going to be easier than getting through the wedding, It seemed like a series of unfortunate events as we had one thing after another keep happening. But I had some wonderful bridesmaids, good friends of mine who gathered around me, and they thought of those extra things that I needed. Not only did my maid of honor hold hold my ring for Joseph, but one kept some powder with her, and another one made sure I had lipstick, and another one took Band-Aids, um, it well, she actually tucked them in her undergarments so that if I got blisters on my feet, they were there for me. And they thought of all the things that I might need. Good bridesmaids, wise bridesmaids are thinking about what might be needed. In our day and time, the foolish bridesmaids might be the ones who are not really there for the bride. They're there for their own reasons. Maybe they're enjoying the party too much, or maybe they're busy flirting with the groomsmen, or looking for their own groom, or I'm more worried about what they look like than having the bride be prepared for the wedding. So there are many ways that we can think about these foolish bridesmaids who just are not being the best that they could be. I want to point out that when the groom is delayed, it says they all became drowsy and they went to sleep. So it's not the fact that they sleep That becomes the issue. It's the fact that they were unprepared for what would need to happen when they woke up. They were not prepared for the possibility. Eventually, we all need sleep. My younger son um, was not the best sleeper in the world. And so he would like to sleep in the car seat in the car. And then it would mean he didn't nap at home and didn't sleep well at night. So we would do everything we can to try to keep him awake in the car. There is a commercial airing right now where the parents are trying desperately to wake the child up in the car seat in the back seat, and I stop every time it comes on and watch it because it reminds me of my husband and I in the car when we were trying to get our youngest son, Ryan, not to sleep in his car seat. Like, come on. We would sing and we would play games, trying to get him not to go to sleep. But the reality is at some point, we're also tired. We're going to go to sleep. And so the bridesmaids have gone to sleep, and then the groom shows up. And when they wake up, they don't have what they need for what is happening around them. And that becomes the issue. So what would Jesus be trying to convey with this? What is he trying to say to us? What is he teaching us about the kingdom of God? I believe he is telling us three things. One, I believe he is telling us that the return, the end of all things may be later than we are anticipating. There may be a delay between when we think it ought to happen and when it does happen. I'm always amazed at how people get caught up in trying to determine when the end of time might be. It used to really disturb me when I was in middle school and high school, they would come out and say, May 12th, 1985, that's going to be the day that Jesus comes back and it's the end of everything. I find it interesting because Jesus tells us in scripture that no one is going to know the day and the hour. Jesus didn't even know the day and the hour when he was on earth. He says, only God, only God the Father knows that day and time. And we're not supposed to spend our time trying to figure out the when. Paul, in the Apostle Paul, encourages the churches that he mentors to be ready, to be ready all the time because it had to be soon. It had to be soon. And that was his conviction. And I have lots of conversations with people who say, the end has to be soon. Like, how much longer will God let this go on and let this continue happening? And yet, he hasn't returned yet. And I think it's because he's giving time for the church to do its work, for us to share a message of grace, to get it right, to be prepared. But there's this delay between when we think it ought to happen, when we expect it to happen, and when it does happen. And we shouldn't be surprised because in this parable, he tells us the groom doesn't come as quickly as was anticipated. The second thing I think he communicates to us is that it's okay to rest. It is normal for our enthusiasm to ebb and flow, to wax and wane, for us to have more energy and excitement and then to get tired and need to rest. We can't go, go, go at 100% all the time. That's not the rhythm of life. It's not the rhythm Jesus taught us. He takes time away to rest, to pray. He pulls away from ministry and goes across to the other side of the lake to find a little bit of respite. It's not the pattern that God gives us, even in the creation story of working and creating for six days and then resting on the seventh day. And he gives us the Sabbath to say, sometimes we have to rest. The thing is, we rest, but we don't quit. That's the thing about life is we can't go all the time or we will burn out. We go and we rest so that we can wake up and go again. It's not that the bridesmaids need to rest. That is the issue. Sometimes we all do. The real issue is the third thing I believe Jesus is trying to communicate, and that is that we need to be prepared. We need to think about the possibilities. We need to have things in order. We need to be about the business we're supposed to be handling and be prepared. And the specific thing that Jesus is encouraging us to be prepared for is for his return. And what would that look like? Well, we need to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I have a dear friend in ministry who says, God wants more than anything to have a relationship with you. The whole Bible, all of Scripture, is the story of God's love for humanity. God creates the world to be in relationship with us. God gives us opportunity after opportunity when we keep messing up that relationship to find a way to repair it and put it back together until finally God just had to come in human form in Jesus Christ to show us, to model for us how we could live a life pleasing to Him and to do for us on the cross and through resurrection what we could not do for ourselves. It's all about a love story. It's all about a relationship story of God's love for us. God wants to be in relationship with us. And so when all of this creation of God's wraps up and comes to its final culmination, we will want to be in relationship with God and we need to be prepared for that. So we think about what we're supposed to do, be doing and how we're supposed to be prepared. And I think that's about modeling God's love for the world, about loving other people, about living a life that is in alignment with the values that God teaches us where people are valuable and the way we live matters, where God is the center of the universe and the center of our lives and we are not, where we think about others and not just ourselves. God created a world that was perfect and we messed it up. And God keeps trying to put it back right. We can be part of the putting back right or we can be a part of the breaking. I want to be a part of the putting it back right. Because then I believe if that's what I'm doing, if I'm in relationship with God and I'm doing my very best to live as God wants me to, even though I'll never get it all right all the time, if I'm trying, genuinely trying, and God comes back, even if I'm in a period of rest, even if I'm in a little period of discouragement, I will be found equipped. I will have the extra oil for the celebration that comes. So Jesus gives us a story here, a parable, trying to teach us to be prepared, to go ahead and have that relationship now and not be trying to wait till the last moment, and to live lives that are pleasing to God, to live lives that line up with the values of Scripture, of love and justice and mercy and righteousness. It's okay to sleep. Don't go to sleep without the extra oil. What do you see? in these verses. I'd love to interact with you and get your feedback. Just place a comment um, down below this video, and we'll get into a discussion about um, what you see and what you think. Let me know if you have any questions. Let's pray. Almighty, gracious, and loving God, we are so grateful for your presence with us, for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for your Holy Spirit, that indwells us and empowers us to live the lives you call us to lead. Be with us, lead us and guide us. Teach us to hear your still small voice so that even when things are not going as we think they ought to, even when we don't think you're working in all the ways we want you to work, even when it looks like your righteousness and justice is delayed in coming, we might be prepared for it. We'll be ready to enter into a holy celebration with you. Help us to be faithful. In Jesus' name, amen.